0: The New York Knicks We are the New York Knicks Say go New York, go New York, go Go New York, go New York, go Say go New York, go New York, go Go New York, go New York, go We're back on track, on the fourth floor Scoring Morris 94, and the Knicks are hardcore And I'll tell you like this, we ain't never look Sharp, uh
1: You are now listening to the Nick's State of Mind Podcast Presented by Elite Sports Radio And now, your host Chip Murphy and Matt Castillo. Hello everybody, it's that time of week again for another episode of the Nick State of Mind podcast with Chip Murphy, I'm Matt Castillo. And last week we started the show with this ESPN list of rankings and we said that Carmelo Anthony was 64th on the list. Uh, Somebody that was not yet mentioned was Christophe Przingis. Uh, That came out a a couple days after Melo was placed on the list, uh, but Przingis was ranked 22nd, so in the list of 11 through 30. Um, and Chip, seeing Przingis at 22, I mean, he's ahead of guys like Blake Griffin, Kyrie Irvin, uh, Kevin Love. What, what do you think about the the love that ESPN gave to Przingis heading into year three?
0: I didn't have a problem with it. Uh, I had... Well, that's not completely true. I had a little problem that I'm biased towards uh, the, guy, cause the guy they had a number 23 is Mike Conley. Mm-hmm. And I'm a big Mike Conley fan. I always feel like he's underrated. And I thought it was kind of a slight at him that they put Porzingis ahead of him. But uh, I also think that uh, Porzingis should have a better year next year than Mike Conley does. So... I don't know. I uh, Mike Conley is older and maybe his play will decline. I doubt it. I think he'll be awesome again next year. But, no, I don't have a problem with Porzingis being ahead of uh, Blake Griffin or uh, Kyrie Irving or certainly not Kevin Love. Um, I think he's going to be better than all those guys next year. I think Kyrie's numbers will probably – his scoring numbers are going to dip. Playing with Gordon Hayward, he's going to shed scoring load. So – Yeah, I think I don't have a problem with where Kristoff's is. I think he could be even higher Mm -hmm. because Kyle Lowry is at 21, and I think he'll probably have a better year than Lowry does. And Hayward is 20, so I wouldn't have been mad if he was at 20, to be honest. Uh, Blake Thompson is 19 and Willard 18, so it would have been a little ridiculous to put him ahead of those guys. That would have been uh, ridiculous. But, um, yeah, uh, I'm... I think it's pretty
1: reasonable where he is, yeah. I do. Well, kinda of the twenty one through eleven I think is, is pretty good on the list. I think uh I see Demarcus Cousins is seventeen. I, I think he's a top ten player, but then you get the situation, well who comes out? Um, so that that is kinda of tough to do. Um mm-hmm. you know, for Cousins I, I I think you got to find a spot better than 17th, but seven or 21 through 11, where Porzingis is at. I actually was a little shocked to see him at 22. Um, I, when we talked about the list last week, I knew he hasn't been picked yet, so he would be in this next list in the top 30. Um, and look, you know, I think because again, this list is like you pointed out last week, based on what people think they're going to do next year. And I do think that Perzingis has the chance to outperform guys like Kevin Love, uh, Paul Millsaps, um, and some of these other guys that he's ahead of. Um, But I was a little shocked to see that he was ahead of Kyrie Irving. Um, I know Kyrie is no longer playing with LeBron. He's now in uh, Boston, but... That is the one guy, and I, I mean, I think Blake Griffin as well. You, you can make the case that those guys and even Conley could be ahead of Perzingis. I think certainly you can make a case for all three of those guys. But when I see Perzingis at 22, again, I think it's kind of what we have talked about on the show before the potential that Perzingis carries and, and how big year three is for him a lot of people are viewing this as a year and as we talked about we're not calling it a make or break year but and I don't know if these they're thinking that as well but the point is it's viewed as such a big year for Przingis people want to see him take that leap we mentioned can uh, Przingis be an all-star on the show before so all of that all that potential I think is what definitely put him at 22 um I think overall this is a pretty fair fair spot for him um and I think he can keep moving down the list once again if he can get his post game going because you know I in the article it talks about how he can protect the rim like Rudy Gobert and shoot threes like Dirk Novinsky. um And they're saying the next step for him is to carry the load offensively for the Knicks. They believe that he's going to do it. We don't know if um, Carmelo Anthony is going to be around all season. So, you know, if Carmelo Anthony is out, obviously the the, the offense has to come from Przingis. And I think also it's going to depend on the post moves. Again, if he develops that, then, you know, he's going to be somebody that moves – even f- further down this list, into maybe the top twenty, um, you know, last year he was what thirty-three, so he-, he moved down about eleven spots. Um, but Chip, do you think? Kind of like I said, do you think you were you a little shocked to see him ahead of like Kyrie Irving and-, and Blake Griffin?
0: I was definitely shocked to see him ahead of those guys, for sure, especially Kyrie Irving. You mentioned Kyrie, but, you know, Blake's not as much because I feel like. Critics and uh, analysts, whatever you want to call them, have soured on Blake. Mm-hmm. And, you know, last year he was hurt again. And uh, he's, well, he's not getting up there, but he's, you mentioned how uh, KT's going to have to take on a primary role. This is the first time Blake is going to have to take on a primary role. I mean, Chris Paul's not a scorer, but, you know, he's not going to have Chris Paul. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I mean, This is the first time he's not gonna have one of the five greatest point guards of all time and to lead the offense. I mean, he's gonna be running the show and he signed a big contract and all the pressure has been on Chris Paul for a long time and now it's gonna all the focus is gonna be on him. He's in a a similar situation to KP. I mean, obviously in the lead longer, but you know, for the first time the pressure's on his shoulders too.
1: You know, Blake Griffin, I think the reason why Perzingis is ahead of him is because he's been injured. As you just mentioned, he's missed a lot of games over the last few years. To me, um, at this point in time, if it was my list, I do think that Blake Griffin is ahead of Perzingis. If he's healthy, I mean, this guy has the complete package. I mean, he can play with his back to the basket, he can shoot from the outside. Um, he's a ball handler as well. But I certainly hear what you're saying. When he, He's played without Chris Paul before because Chris Paul has been another guy that has spent a lot of time on the shelves with injury. But for the majority of it, when you have a guy like Paul running the show offensively, it, it makes it so much easier. So with him being gone, it, it's going to be tougher for Blake Griffin. He's going to have to do basically everything. Uh, I, I really do think something that... You heard talked about with Blake Griffin last year that they wanted him to uh, get a rebound, basically, and push it up the floor. A fast break, kind of like what Braun does sometimes. Uh, I think he's going to have to take on that kind of role, which could cause more wear and tear on his body, which could lead to more injuries. So, you know, if I had to kind of nitpick at this list, I think the only two guys, and I can see why Persingas is ahead of Con, but again, I, I think... Blake Griffin and Kyrie Irving were a little little shocking for me, especially Kyrie Irving, because I mean this guy is going to have a lot of eyes on him this year with the trade wanting out of Cleveland after just playing what three straight finals, or technically he only got to play in two because he hurt himself in Game One three years ago in the finals. But um, you know he wanted out. He's now going to be the star. Of the Boston Celtics even though they have other good players as well uh, I I think when you have that conversation of who's your main guy who's your 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 closer basically I think the Celtics are basically going to say it's Kyrie's team um, with Hayward kind of running a sidekick type thing Um, so I think Kyrie has the potential to have a really really good year and he's somebody that went up in this list he was 15 last year goes to 25 and part of that could be that they didn't win the finals because two years ago he was putting up ridiculous numbers alongside LeBron that really kind of spiked his popularity but those would be Bud Griffin and and Kyrie Irving would be the only two guys that I think you can make an argument before um, Persingis on this list and you know I think again, when you see this this expectations for Przingis, trip, do you think possibly this puts a little bit more pressure on Przingis? you know because a lot of people think it's it's now him, it's his team. Talk about the pressure that Przingis – and I know he's playing in New York there's pressure regardless, but having this expectations, everybody feels like he's gonna do more this year. Do you think that can hurt Przingis?
0: I don't think that this adds any more pressure than there already is because so much has already been made of him kind of taking the throne from Carmelo that I don't think a preseason ranking like going ahead of certain guys is really going to add to pressure of whether or not he performs like you know when he goes up against Blake Griffin with the Clippers is Blake gonna Blake's not the kind of guy who'd be like oh yeah that's uh that's why I'm better than Kristaps if he beats them on a one-on-one play. He's not that kind of player. Like, if he was ranked ahead of, you know, if Kristaps was ranked ahead of Draymond Green, then uh, Draymond might have made it personal mm-hmm. with him just based on, you know, their. we've talked about their one-on-one history when Draymond started Kristaps. That might have been a,
1: mm-hmm. a
0: thing, too. But, or like Rudy Gobert, too. They have a little bit of history. But, it, you know, I, I don't see this adding any pressure. I think KP's pretty cool under pressure too. And uh he's busy with he was busy all summer with Eurobasket stuff too. He probably doesn't even know what rank he was. I <laughs> yep. I don't think he really cares about that stuff. not as much as Melo does anyway. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, but you can't blame Melo, I mean to jump that far back. That's again No, I
0: am not I don't blame Melo either. Yeah, I, I mean think Melo cared. It. I don't think Melo cared killed this year. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, it's that definitely has to sting a little bit. But um, you know, and something else with this list, we kind of talked about it um, last week. Was the the number one player who was going to be, and surprisingly, me, me and you, Chip, thought they were going to go with Kevin Durant. They still mm-hmm. kept LeBron James as a number one player in the league, which they're, they got that right. But again, yeah, as we, we talked did. about. Yeah, I mean, but what we talked about last week, we thought for the added drama of this article already that it that it had with Melo being 64th and guys like Dirk Nowinski and, and Dwayne Wade were no longer even considered in the top 100, um, it caused a lot of buzz. So the best way to continue that is to make somebody like Kevin Durant. But they got it right. They did the right thing making LeBron James the best player in the league because he is it's just the way it is. Um, a few years from now, I think it's definitely going to be Kevin Durant. But for the time being, it's definitely LeBron James. And that's all the time we have for this segment. When we come back, we're going to talk about another point guard they added to the roster. So we'll get into that in just a moment. Hi, everybody. This is Chip Murphy, co-host of the Knicks State of Mind podcast and boss of
0: all New York Knicks content at EliteSportsNY.com.
1: To follow my work, you can find me on Twitter at, at Chipper Murphy. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the next State of Mind podcast. The New York Knicks added another veteran point guard to the roster when they signed Jarrett Jack to a one-year deal. Chip, how do you feel about this signing?
0: I feel pretty good about the signing. I mean, any uh, point guard is a good point guard when you have such – a weak point guard rotation, Mm -hmm. pretty much the worst point guard rotation in the NBA, maybe the worst point guard rotation in the history of the NBA. (laughs) Um, You have some guys on this roster who are point guards that certainly don't belong running an NBA offense. No disrespect to Ron Baker, but he is a shooting guard masquerading as a point guard. So as I tweeted out when Jarrett Jack signed, uh, I think he makes a good Mentor, uh, he's played 12 seasons. Uh, the niche are going to be, he's played for 17s and 12 seasons. Uh, even if he's a temporary mentor for Frank, um, he's a good one. I mean, he knows his way around the NBA, he knows the ins and outs of the NBA, he knows New York, he played for the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, I just think it's a it's a smart move even to get some competition from the younger point guards like Randall and you know Baker, because Randall is on a non guaranteed contract mm-hmm. and uh there's obviously no guarantee that he'll be on the roster uh in the upcoming season, and the Knicks are now bringing five technically five point guards to uh camp and I'm not sure if they're going to bring four into the regular season, but you never know. I mean, this is going to be a, a weird season for the next time they're trying to win. Will they bring Sessions and Jack uh, to 30-plus-year-old point guards on a team that's supposed to be a youth movement mm-hmm. that is tanking so obviously? Uh, I don't know, but I'm not sure you sign a guy like Jared Jack unless you plan on bringing him in for the regular season. I think they probably have a plan for Jared Jack.
1: Yeah, and I think that's that's kind of the – one of the battles to watch for is that the Knicks now have five guys that play the point guard position. And uh, I saw something on Twitter today that I think they have 14 players right now that are under contract. And um, basically – what have, I've seen a lot of writers and, and a lot of people that cover the Knicks feel that the last spot would come down between uh, Jack or Chase and Randall. And yeah. it, it's one of those things that it's kind of tricky um, because you know Randall caused a lot of excitement last year. But really kind of never really, especially in this summer league when he was supposed to be the front runner for that team, he looked awful and kind of, I think, hurt his chances to making the team, which could have led to something like this, trying to bring in another veteran guy. It could spell trouble for Randall. So that's kind of what I was going to ask you, Chip. If you think it comes down to those two guys, which one do you think is the odd man out?
0: I think Randall is the odd man out as of now, but I think they might have brought in Jack to push Randall because, like you mentioned his play during the summer, I think he had a chance to win a spot on the roster if he played well during the Summer League. Mm -hmm. And he was atrocious during the Summer League. I mean, he was throwing the ball all over the court, turning it over. And to me, he showed he's not an NBA point guard. Mm -hmm. So, uh, not that he was ever really a starting NBA point guard or anything, but maybe he could play like 15 minutes a game off the bench or something, 10, 15 minutes. And I'm not even sure if he's that. Yeah. So, maybe Jack is just coming in to motivate him, or maybe maybe they see him as they're going to stash him in the D-League for a year again. I don't know, but it's not like he's a kid, Matt. He's 24 years old. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know. He's, But, yeah, I do agree that I think the last deal will come down to him and Jack. And... I don't know. As much as I appreciate the experience Jack can provide, you know, he, he turned uh, 34 on October 28th. I don't know if it, like I mentioned earlier, having two 30-plus-year-old point guards on the team that is supposed to be a youth movement, I don't know if that makes much sense. Uh, but you never know. I, I mean, if, if the Knicks really don't see anything in Randall, then just you might as well let him walk. If they don't plan on using Randall at all, you might as well let him go. Yeah. So
1: Yeah, if you're not gonna play him, like you just said, you might as well keep another mentor type guy uh to the exactly. younger point exactly. guards that you're gonna you're gonna have. And mm-hmm. it is tricky because, as you mentioned, he's going to be 34 years old. And, and then, like you said, the Knicks are trying to get younger. That's their whole philosophy right now. They're trying to get younger at each and every position um, to to build more of a future uh, young team, find a core to help build the rest of the team around. And, you know, as we mentioned, that Randall was awful in the summer league. And I think it's going to come down to the preseason. He's very fortunate that... You know, he's on that partial guaranteed contract because if Randall was a guy that was not signed, didn't have a contract, and he came in and played like he did in the summer league, there's no way he he would have been on the roster. The Knicks wouldn't have even offered him a contract. They wouldn't. So he's very fortunate to have that partial guaranteed contract where at least get him through training camp and in the preseason. And, you know, look, if he wants to remain... On an NBA roster, he better show up for those you know few games that they have. Every opportunity that he has, he has to make the most of. And um, you know, if he comes out and he's wild, like you said, throwing the ball all around the gym, uh, you know, I think they'll easily just keep Jack. Uh, I think in this situation, it's basically what Randall does. If he plays well, I think then it's it's worth giving another veteran a look to see you know, do we have a spot for him? He can help mentor some of these players. But this younger guy showed some promise, and that's what we're going to try to keep. So again, it makes sense, the signing, to bring in another mentor-type guy, but I think it really kind of depends on how Randall plays in the preseason. If he plays well, then you know I don't think Jack has a, a spot on this team. If Randall doesn't, then Jack's gonna play mentor to these young guys and you know you look over his career um you know two years ago he averaged nearly thirteen points a game, so if he's able to bring that kind of production, he'll definitely make this team because that's a very you know productive backup role that you'll you'll take that you can get close to double digit scoring for somebody off your bench It's very important last year however he he played two games um you know, a lot of injuries over the last several years. Uh, so this is a guy obviously clearly almost at the end of his career. And when you start to see some of those injuries pile up like they have, it could hurt him here. Um, but, you know, if it's not 2015-2016, it's not that far off removed. Um, but, What I'm going to ask you, Chip, is: Do you think it does he have anything left in the tank like that? I mean, he averaged 12.8 points in 2015, 16. Do you think Jack can can still play in that kind of level?
0: No, I don't think he can play at that kind of level because he's had some serious knee injuries since then. You know, in I think it was yeah, it was October 2016. He 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 tore his right knee. Mm -hmm. There was. Yeah. Torn right knee ligaments, it says here. And, uh, last year, uh, last March, it says he was ruled out four to six weeks after he suffered a right lateral meniscus tear. He had some pretty serious injuries since then. So I'm not sure he's going to be able to score at like a 12, 13 point per game clip. I don't know about that. And, you know, uh, there was a point in time, and in Brooklyn, yeah, he was average. When he was in Brooklyn, the two seasons he was there, he wasn't an excellent shooter, but he he averaged twelve points a game and five assists. Those are respectable numbers. If the Knicks could get that out of him twelve points a game and five assists, I'd, they'd be thrilled. But I just don't think he's. I don't think he's healthy enough to be able to do that anymore. And in Brooklyn, he played twenty nine minutes a night. He's mm-hmm. certainly not healthy enough to do that anymore.
1: Yeah. Yeah, uh, it's just I, – I do think that it, it was a smart signing to give a, a look at him, but I don't expect much from him. Um, if he Again, if he's on this roster, it's strictly to teach Baker and Neil Aquino. Um I don't think he'll get that much floor action. I really don't. Um, so if that's the case, it makes you wonder what's the point of even keeping him in. You know, why don't you just stick with the young gun? So it, it's something that we'll definitely take a look at closely when it gets closer to the end of, of training camp, which, again, the season's just right around the corner, preseason at least, uh, October 3rd. So I can't wait for that to, to get underway. Against so the can, Nets. Yes, against yeah, the Nets. Against Nets, Brooklyn Nets yeah. Yep, and that is something that um, – uh, this is one of the battles that we'll definitely be looking at as well as, as we mentioned a few weeks ago with, um, you know, Lance Thomas and Michael Beasley, stuff like that. So it'd be good to see once these games get underway, once their training camp gets underway, we'll know a little bit more. Cause right now we're still in that, that phase where we're kind of speculating. We don't know um, exactly like you mentioned, Chip earlier in the segment, um, if, the, if the Knicks signed them, they might have a plan for them. We, we, don't really know that yet, um, but all that will come clear in the next few weeks. and That's all the time we're going to have for this segment. Uh, when we come back after the short break, we're going to talk about something that could affect the New York Knicks. Uh, they're looking to do a lottery reform, so we'll tell you exactly how that could impact the Knicks in just a moment. Hello, everybody. Mac is still on the co-host of the Knicks State of Mind podcast and contributor to Elite Sports New York. You can follow me at Twitter at MattyDiesel15 to get my latest articles, videos, and podcasts. Make sure to follow Elite Sports New York's Twitter as well at Elite SportsNY and the rest of Elite Sports New York's social media pages to stay up to date to all the New York sport news. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the Nick State of Mind podcast. As we mentioned right before the last break, this segment is going to deal with the draft lottery reform that they're looking to do. Um, basically, and Chip is going to give uh, the details on it in just a moment, but basically it's to make it a little bit more balanced through the lottery teams, and um, it's it tries to cut out tanking, basically. So, Chip, you have the more the details on what they're actually looking to try to do with this reform.
0: Yeah, like you mentioned, they're trying to discourage tanking, but the NBA's uh, trying to... Uh, they proposed changes to the system, which wouldn't start until the 2019 draft. And it includes a smoothing out of the odds among the league's worst teams. And uh, this is reported by uh, Adrian Wojnarowski from ESPN. And, uh, he talks about the three worst teams in the NBA currently have a 25% chance, a 19.9% chance, and a 15.6% chance of winning the number one overall pick respectively. And then under the new uh, plan, the three worst teams in the NBA would have an equal 14% chance at winning the number one overall pick. So that's their attempt to try and discourage tanking and try and even the odds for all these bad teams. And then another amendment that they're trying to add in is to have the league's three worst teams be able to fall further in the lottery than they currently can. Like uh, the worst team, uh, the worst team's record, they can currently fall to just uh, fourth in the lottery, but in, under the new plan, now they can go down to fifth, and the team with the second worst record can go from fifth to sixth.
1: Okay.
0: Um, but, yeah, uh, like we were speaking about this before uh, the show started, I don't think this is going to discourage tanking at all. Mm-hmm. I mean, I understand what they're trying to do. The num- I've always thought that giving the team with the worst record a 25% chance, uh, which is way greater than any other team. I mean, the team with the second worst record essentially has a 20% chance at the number one pick. That's way too great. They, uh, you're giving, for years, they've been giving such a huge, overwhelming uh, reason to give teams the tank. I mean, with that 25% chance at the top pick. So I understand what they're trying to doing by evening the odds with that 14% chance thing. But you're not going to discourage teams from tanking unless you start penalizing teams mm-hmm. for ending up in the lottery. I know that's going to sound like drastic, like, oh, but unless you tell teams we're going to take your first round picks away, that's all teams are going to care about. Like you saw what they just did to the Lakers, oh, they fined them. Teams mm-hmm. don't care about being fined, uh, and that, that's not going to matter. So unless you do something like take their picks away, uh, they're not going to care. And I don't think this is even going to go through mm-hmm. because so many teams count on buildings through the draft that they need the So many teams like the small market teams uh, because they're worried about, how all the uh, superstar players are only going to big markets and free agency, that they need the draft. And eventually, you know, they're going to have to tank. Like, you look at the Indiana Pacers now, after having to trade Paul George. The Indiana Pacers aren't going to vote yes on this. Mm-hmm. So I think it's going to be a struggle to get this to pass. But according to Woj, Silver's determined to do it. So we'll see. I don't know. I'd just i be shocked if it went through. And I hope it doesn't. I love the lottery the way it is. I love watching it on TV with all the reveals. I love it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I was just getting ready to ask you, so what was your feelings towards it? But you you love the way that it is now, and I kind of agree with you. And then when you kind of... When we talk about there's got to be something else done to punish teams for tanking, it's kind of tough. It's something that... Can you actually fully, really prove that a team is just tanking? Um, Even though you you basically know teams who are, like you just mentioned the Pacers, obviously. What else are they going to do? They just got rid of their superstar. So now they need to find another one. Are they going to be able to do that through a free agency? No. Who's going to want to go there? Who's going to want to play for the Pacers who have absolutely nobody? I mean, Miles Turner is a nice piece, but... Really? Is that what screaming free agents are like? Wow, I'm going to go there and play with Turner. No, that's not. So the only way the Pacers can get back to uh, competing like they were a few years ago is with uh, the draft. So getting one of these top picks. So that makes you believe, yeah, are they tanking? Yeah. Can you fully prove it? No, that's that's the issue here that it is hard to go ahead and take picks away or, or punish them somehow some way so i'm I'm with you hundred percent I don't think this proposal plan is going to go through um you know something else that it's kind of closely related to that we talked about possibly doing on today's show which Um, you know, we could just mention right now because it's something not as big, but things like, uh, finding teams for resting their superstar players. Is that going to go through? I highly doubt it because again, how can you prove that somebody isn't injured or something? So these proposals are kind of very, very difficult to get passed through. So I feel like they're certainly going to keep it just the way it is, um, I think if it does change, it it hurts these teams, as you kind of mentioned, Chip, that, you know, like a team like the New York Knicks, even we're look, we're in a rebuild, Um, you know, and I will say this. I've seen some fans that are very optimistic about this Nick team. Um, You know, I constantly always up with, uh, you know, looking on Twitter and Facebook and fan pages. I'm very active in them, Um, you know, because it gives you some sometimes something to talk about on this show. And I've I've seen uh, fans very optimistic, feeling like this roster is going to be pretty good, and it, it's not. You know, I, I just <laughs> I'm just going to have to burst the bubble. We're not we're not any good. We're going to be drafting in the lottery, and I get it. The East is it is no good. So you can be terrible and still kind of have a chance for that seventh a seed. You know, in the east, I I get that, but when you look at it, this is we're not a very good team yet, and that's okay because the only way we're gonna get better is through the draft. Uh, Forget about these trades, these blockbuster trades, and and these free agent signings because they don't go right for the next ever. Um, We'll usually throw money at somebody. Uh, and it just it just doesn't work out. They get injured. I mean, you think about somebody like Amari Stoudemire a few years ago. Uh, and now that deal was looking great the first part of it, maybe the first year of that deal. I mean, he was unbelievable. And then the trade with Kamala Anthony happens, and then the injuries start piling up. Those two didn't really coexist like a lot of people thought they could. And it was just another one of those signings that doesn't work out. So what could help the Knicks? Drafting in the lottery, finding those potential superstars. Because I'll tell you what, when you look, maybe next year's draft. Uh, of course, you're going to have some really nice basketball prospects. But when you look even further in the high school ranks, to guys that are coming in, um, you know, somebody like uh, Zion uh, Williams, who plays basketball not too far from me, about 20 minutes away. Some people are, you know, saying that kid's the next LeBron James. Two years um, before he enters the NBA draft, uh, you also have Lonzo's uh, little brother Lamelo Ball. So the point is, uh-huh. there's there's more of these young prospects that are coming, and you want to be in the lottery. As bad as that sounds, you're going to be disappointing. You're losing, but that's the kind of way to build your franchise, finding those those cornerstone pieces. And we already have one with Porzingis. Now it's about adding. So this could hurt the Knicks. If this came through, you know, the Knicks try to tank, well, we can get pushed back, uh, you know, further into the draft and chances of landing somebody great depends on how deep the draft is. Uh, You know? Matt, if
0: you're a Knicks fan, what would you rather do? Would you rather be an eight seed next year and get crushed in the first round or would you rather have a top five pick?
1: I'd rather have a top five pick. I mean, exactly. You know, and I know some some fans are probably thinking, why, why we we want to win? What's the point? What's the point? Yeah, would it be nice if the Knicks are in the playoffs? Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. If they're in the playoffs, that's great. You have a chance, and I'm going to be excited and I'm going to be happy. But if we're an eight seed, are we really going to win the finals? No. So I'm trying to look in the future where we can be a team that actually can compete for a championship and I think that's going to come through the draft Um, as I was mentioning before it kind of depends how deep the draft is Uh, last year's draft you could have the 12th pick and found a pretty good player you know what I mean that might not be the case all the time so you want to try to be as close to number one as possible and that's what the Knicks need right now so with this new format it kind of puts teams like the Knicks, kind of like what you mentioned, the Pacers, and several other teams at a big disadvantage because without it, if you're decreasing the chances to land that top pick, you're basically helping that team struggle longer. You know, you're, they're, they're never going to be able to get out of the hole that they're in if they can't acquire picks. Look at the 76ers. They tanked for years. Now look at them. They trust the process, and they're looking pretty good. They're looking strong, and they're only going to get stronger. So I'd say so. Yeah. I mean, even the Boston Celtics, they have a whole list of superstars now on their team, but they have all those draft picks, so they keep adding the rich gets richer. So it's important, and for teams that are like the Knicks, that right now are a lottery team, that can hurt if that gets through. But again, I don't, I don't think that it will go through. I think the way the lottery has been will continue to be the thing, and I, I know tanking can be bad for the league, and I get it. I get it. It's not fun to watch, but unfortunately, it's a part of the game. There's not much you can do about it because you can't prove it. Unless if there's some way you can prove it, somebody's going to have to tell me because I don't know. how. To, how can you prove that? Chip, can you think of any way you can prove that a team is just Totally tanking, was well, if it just obvious and they put like a whole D league team out there. But uh,
0: well, I was just gonna say the <laughs> it's funny you say that uh, <laughs> because I was just gonna say the only time it was obvious was when the the Sixers put an entire D league team on the court. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> that was the, that was the only time <laughs> it was obvious. Yep. Um, yeah, you know, the Pacers didn't really choose to tank because Paul George essentially forced their hand. mm-hmm uh, by uh, saying pretty much publicly that he wanted to go to the Lakers or that he was going to leave and go to the Lakers, um, I guess you could kind of prove the Bulls were tanking. I mean, it's not like Jimmy Butler requested a trade out of Chicago. They chose to trade him, so they're, they're tanking. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Knicks, pretty obvious the Knicks are tanking. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think they intend to tank for a long time, but they're definitely tanking for this year. I think they want to get Luka Doncic, mm-hmm. uh, so I know after watching him in Eurobasket and watching those highlights of him, I I definitely want him. Yeah. So it wouldn't be hard to, if they had some sort of tanking committee. It wouldn't be hard to prove that the Knicks and Bulls were tanking this year. Yep. That's for sure.
1: Yep. And uh, before we wrap up really quick just want to announce that we are on Facebook now so you can find us at the Nick State of Mind podcast you also can use our username which is the same as our Twitter page which is NYK SOM podcast so either one of those you can find us on facebook so give us a like give us a follow and and we keep encouraging you guys to join in on the discussion we got some feedback even with the ultimate team some uh some fans shared their their uh rosters or who they would have picked and there were some good ones uh you know somebody mentioned you guys didn't even consider willis reed and that was a that was the one that could have been on the list as well so you know we encourage you guys to continue to talk to us and um, you know, join in on the discussions because me and Chip have our our ideas, excuse me, and, and we want to hear yours as well. But with that being said, we are going to wrap up the show today, and we will be back next week for another episode of the Next Day to Mind Podcast.